and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's that time again to get up and put your hands together. It's time to rock and to roll. This is the Amazingly Pulp Show! Recently arrived from the dark side of the moon, your host, J-Hat, and returning once again, special guest host, Jazzy Jeff. All right, welcome back. We are the Amazingly Pulp Show. This is episode three. Uh, welcome back, your uh, your host Jay Hat, and with me today is guest host Jazzy Jeff. Welcome back, Jazzy. Yeah, all right, all right. Episode three. I feel like an all star at this point. We're uh, we're actually going to finish the trilogy. Really, uh, are you excited about that? I feel like Keanu Reeves is how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Only hopefully this is a much better showing than uh, the the last the. What was that? Revolution? Wait. We're having a revolution. We're having a revolution. Actually, I've got toilet paper sitting next to me. I don't know how much a revolution <laughs> Maybe I'll just light it on fire and toss it. So how was your weekend in a week? Oh, you know, it was it was great. I went to the uh, the Brewers game this week. How was that? It was, you know, it was good. It was good because the day before, my uh, roommate had came in and he said, "Oh, I got we got tickets to go to the Brewers game. We're going to the Brewers game." And I'm like excited because it's ninety some degrees outside. And then I get out there the next day and it's like thirty four <laughs> degrees outside in June. <laughs> yeah, there's some sort of weird uh, temperature con- control going up here in Wisconsin right. this summer. I mean, it went from extremely cold to, like, a week of humidity to freezing your ass off again. Right. I always like wearing sweatshirts in June. But at least we're able to cut ice with our nipples, so. <laughs> um, which is always good in a, in a cold state like this. Um, well, so, the Brewers game was good? Brewers game was good. Um, apparently, Aaron Rodgers threw the first pitch. That was the game I was at. Uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> But I'm told he threw the first pitch. I'm, I'm told it was good. I'm told it was good. Well, you know, when they when they, they charge you seven dollars for a beer, you're, you're going to make sure that you don't remember anything. Oh, you know well, what I mean, you want to get your money's worth. And the, and 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 ha- most of the fun from a Brewers game. It's, it's it's great to see that they're winning and, and stuff. But the 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 real fun to go into a Brewers game is the tailgating anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, it doesn't tr- cost like you you can buy all your brats, all your your food and accoutrement and and your beer and still. Save more money than going to the game than the stuff in the game. Yeah, it's uh, well, and it, what's interesting too is is, and I hope I never get uh, pointed out as a terrorist, but I I never get patted in when I when I walk in there. You know, yeah. I um, I mean, you know, the girls are getting their purses looked through, and I'm just I, I hold my ticket up and walk in. I mean, I could have a you know, like a toothpaste bomb wrapped around my sack or something, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, so I started thinking about maybe sneaking some my own booze in. You right. know what I mean? Seven dollars just is ridiculous. But apparently, they're supposed to be every now and then at games they'll have like spotted cow. Well, yeah, they discounted. run they run events for spotted cows, three dollar yeah. cow, which is interesting because they're the Milwaukee Brewers yeah. and Miller is sponsors the entire stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever get the, you know, the the secret sauce when you're there? The Milwaukee secret sauce. The Milwaukee Secret. What's the Or the Brewers. It was called Brewers Secret Sauce? Stadium Sauce? Stadium Sauce? Is no. it? I don't know. It's well, something with an S. Yeah, okay. S Sauce. Something Sauce. Super S-sauce. Sauce. Super Sauce. I think it's called Secret Sauce, though, and I think that's... I, I don't know. I, I, I've had it, 
but it, I, when I first saw it, I was kind of leery because, I mean, anything that says secret sauce, I mean, I, I was in the boys' locker room as a boy, you know what I we mean? We all know what the secret yeah. sauce the secret, really means. Yeah, the secret <laughs> sauce was not something you put on your dog, you know? <laughs> so, something you pass the cookie with. Uh. Um, well, that's good. Um, anything else, or...? Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was just like one of those weeks, you know, and, uh, get kind of long, but, uh, but, but in the end it was good. How about yourself? You know, I, week wasn't too bad. Um, uh, got the sister-in-law in town this weekend. Ooh. Um, so I take my opportunities to, um, to hide. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much in that scenario. It's just, it's, it's a lot of kids in, in, in the place all at once. So it's kind of like a, a war zone, you know, you, you, like for instance, I was watching my youngest son and, and, my, and my niece and, um, you know, I was trying to watch a movie with my older son, and I, I kept on checking on him every five minutes, and, like, they'd look at me, nothing was going on, and then I'd go in there, and, and like, boom, like, there'd just be popcorn everywhere, all over the floor, <laughs> blankets everywhere, you know, boogers being flicked at each other, spit, I mean, it was just chaotic. Uh, but I made it through, you know. Yeah. You look- well, you gotta remember the time that you flung boogers at each other. Yeah. Well, I used to eat mine, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> Conservative. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never ate... I, I, I ate Play-Doh, though. I never ate, actually ate boogers, but I remember back in preschool... Um, Is Play-Doh edible? Um... Obviously, like. well, you know, back then they didn't have uh, all the the uh, the knowledge <laughs> on toxicity levels and, and certain things, so that's probably why I am the way that I am. But uh, no, there was there was a, a guy that used to um, pick his nose and, and, and offer it to me, you know, like, wow. and I, it, was, it was almost like a little entree tray floating towards me, you know. And I said, "No, I'll pass. I got Play-Doh, crab cakes." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, so um, pretty pretty uh, low key. Um, Low key weekend. I am pretty excited though because we 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 do we did get some listener feedback since the last show. We got some listener feedbacks. So that's right. And we also started our um, our new fan page on Facebook. You can go to uh, the Amazingly Pulp Show on Facebook now. Um, I'll have to look that up and tell them the direct link. <laughs> <laughs> so keep uh, posted for yeah, episode four. Keep posted. No, but we are we're actually also on Twitter. You can find us at the Amazingly. Um, P.S. I had to shorten it. Well, we're an acronym. Because we, just got, we said that last week. We're well, an acronym, people. No, you put it in there. I, I hate that when you're trying to uh, figure out a name, and it's like you're like, you, you sit there and you, and you write down this name. It's like nobody's gonna have that, you know. And then you start typing, and it's like, I'm sorry, you know. Sorry, seat's taken. <laughs> Someone's already got the amazing pulp show. They're not using it, but they've got it. Ah. Um, actually, what would be kind of cool is if is if we could find whoever has that and and uh, cross podcast. You oh, know, yeah. Have a, have a little competition. See who's more amazingly pulled. Yeah. Which, they'd probably be more amazingly pulled. It's probably like a workout. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, your four viewers compared to our 150. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. And we'll, we'll get into some of those questions later on in the show. Um, uh, they're mostly regarding comics, so we'll wait till we get to the comic section to kind of jump into that. Okay. Uh, so hang in there, guys. I know you got to listen to the, the some of the BS in the beginning, but we'll get there. we gotta, we got to... We have a good show today. Yeah, we got to have you hang around for something. You right. Know? <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some birthday shout-outs. Um, we've got uh, Big Bad Dave Koontz, uh, whose birthday is this week. I believe it's on the 16th. He turned the, the ripe old age of 57. So happy birthday, Davey. Um, and his wife, actually, Terry Koontz, has a birthday on the 13th. She'll be turning 55. 
Um, interesting enough, um, that's that's like way too close to share a birthday with my wife. Right? You know what you, I mean? Like, you don't even get the victory. <laughs> you know, it's not like this is my day. It's like my birthday was the other day. <laughs> well, yeah, you're like you, well, you just got them, you know, going out and making sure that they got the gift. You know what I mean? And then, then you, you get to your birthday and you don't get what you wanted. <laughs> it's like shitty days. You know what so I mean? So now you got like, three. <laughs> You know, this is my birthday. Um, <laughs> I claim it for my own. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I could do that, but I guess if you were in that situation, you I mean, I don't know if that's the uh, um, terms for divorce. Well, I'm but. pretty sure that my wife hasn't left me for that. I mean, I don't have one, but she hasn't left me for well, the birthdays. Well, there's there's a, a terms of endearment. Oh, wait, that's not terms of endearment. That might have been properly uh, misused term of endearment. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that would be your terms when you're going to get married. It's like if she has her birthday close to yours. Oh, so when we're, like, yeah, doing, like, yeah. the prenup and everything. Yeah. Just like, um, listen. Yeah. I'm going to need you to uh, change, change your, your birthday. birthday. <laughs> so, so happy birthday to you two, and I uh, hope the marriage stays strong and you stay together. <laughs> uh, another birthday shout-out to Neil Adams. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea how old Neil Adams is, but uh, it popped up on my Facebook page, so what the hell. Um, for those of you guys who don't know who Neil Adams is, um, uh, an extremely talented artist, uh, I believe in the late 70s, maybe early 80s, um, but I'm pretty sure 70s, he kind of reinvigorated uh, Batman and put him back on the map. Oh, okay. All right. uh, based in the, in the comic book form, basically, um, excuse me, uh, the Batman Can't Be 60 show, just pretty much, because when Batman first came out, he was... The Dark Knight, you know, he wasn't called the Dark Knight, but he was that kind of Dark Knight figure where he was, you know, flying down and, and, and kicking, you know, burglars' asses, you know, and beating people up heroically. You know, yeah. you can beat people up as long as it's, it's heroically. Uh, but um, but then that '60s, you know, campy TV show came out, and it was popular for a while. But it, um, what it did, it really, it really cheesed Batman up. You know, what I mean, the whole bam, pow, you know, which was that was in comic books, but. <laughs> You know, there was still some grit to the original Batman. So, uh, basically, um, what Neil Adams did and writer uh, Denny O'Neill um, did is they, in, in the 70s, basically made Batman cool again. He's back to being detective work. Uh, he, he's got cool bad guys to fight. He's not going, you know, holy underwear, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, and, um, he did several other runs on, you know, like Green Arrow and uh, Green Lantern when they were working together. And um, there was specific run they did together where they worked on some racial issues uh back in the 70s so um kudos to neil adams awesome artist huge inspiration on a lot of artists nowadays so happy birthday to you sir well should we jump into the news let's what we got what do we got oh man i i was up in arms last sunday night you know i just uh up in arms well I don't know if I officially felt my age, because I think I kind of felt my age. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm in my 30s. I won't... This I won't. Uh, Nobody needs to yeah. know the exact... Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the younger end of the spectrum, but yes, I am officially 30-something in the general terms. But, um, yes, I still occasionally watch MTV. And I don't even know why, because I'm just watching... You know, I watch the real worlds and, and stuff like uh, of that nature. And I, I just... I look at that and go, were we really that stupid at that age, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, I as, as being not 
in the 30s. Um, I, 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 I watched like, a lot what, of this. How does a 40-something, you know, how do you... Well, you know, we cope. We cope. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, I'm younger, and I, and I see people who, who love these shows, and, and, you know, perhaps they'd be loved the shows, but... But it's all it's all about drama and it's not real. It's it's written and it's you know, people you know, they edit stuff out to make it look like that, so Well I mean it it's real in a sense of Like um, wrestling's real. Well, yeah. I mean like you look at some like the real world and that's not necessarily scripted per se, but they when they're doing the casting for the show I mean you got you got two factors working. The first factor is when you're doing the casting for the show, um they're looking for the guy who hates gay people. They're looking for the girl who can't, um, who has social issues. You know, can't can't work around other girls. You got you got the the, the token um, African American. You know what I mean? You've got um, the guy who's from you know, possibly the South. That you know, yeah. <laughs> that uh, you know he 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 can't stand any other race. You know what I mean? He he he. He packed his hood away before he uh, came onto the show. Yeah, well, you know, no, it wasn't allowed. Yeah, so they, they set it up so there, there's going to be tension. There's right, going to be um, drama. You That's know? what it sells. Yeah, and then the, the, the difference is not from the real world now to the real world back um, when it first started is is that there are so many seasons now that people, they, they, they can almost go into it scripted. You know what I mean? Because they... They know what type of character is going to get more more uh, coverage on the show. If you're a complete jackass and you're throwing shit around, you know what I mean, and you're just completely rude, you know, all your roommates hate you. Guess what? Boom! The camera's on you. You know. Yeah. And um, let's get three on him. <laughs> yeah. And so in a way, yes, I would say it's almost scripted because you know they're they're setting it up to make characters, and then the people on the show know that they're going to be on TV, so they almost become a character of themselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so when I watched that. You know, per, possibly, perhaps it wasn't that stupid when I was watching it. It's just that it's grown. What it's grown into is that because yeah. there's so much time into it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, MTV uh, Movie Awards is is what I watched last uh, Sunday, and it just really, I don't. I, I, MTV MTV has the opportunity to do what the Oscars can't, which is tune into the 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 people who are are going to see their movies you know the oscars focus on and i will say that some of most of the movies that the oscars pick are oscar worthy in my opinion you know i please i mean feel free to send the hate mail to uh baldmove.com or actually you can send it to uh taps.baldmove.com that'll officially take you to the amazingly pulp show um but you can also go to baldmove.com where you will see our show as well as uh, Blue Yonder and Power Play. Um, but yeah, you know, I was watching the show and um, Jason Sudeikis, who is a Saturday, or SNL alum, um, who's currently on the show, but I mean, I, I don't think anyone stays on the show past two years once they start getting the movies. It's like, oh, I'm in movies now. I can't, I can't. I don't need to be on yeah, there. Well, I can't stay on something that makes me, you know, brings my audience in. Because I mean, usually they go out and they make that movie in it sucks. I mean, I haven't seen a good SNL character movie since I don't want to say as far back as Wayne's World, but pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty close. Pretty yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just watching it and, the, and it's just it's just not funny. I mean, I, I felt the same way last year when they had um, when they had um, uh, Aziz 
Um, I'm sorry or something like that. Yeah, I think he's on like Park and Recreations, yeah. and he hosted the show last year. And I'm just watching it, and and I'm I'm really hoping that it's people writing for them, right? Not them coming up with their jokes because these jokes are just are just bad, and they they pan the audience, and the the audience is like, ha, ha, ha. says laugh on <laughs> yeah. the level behind the camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got Jason Sudeikis hosting it, and it just it, you know, I will say it was a little bit better than last year as far as some of the jokes, but overall. And I, I I couldn't figure out what the jungle theme was. I mean, it looked like they were in the rainforest. It and, did look you know. it did look weird. I was like, I kind of looked at it like you just gave up, you know, and just decided to do something different. But jungle theme? Yeah. Is it is that like the end of the world? We're trying to get back to the nature because we might not have one next year. Well, and and then, well, well, I'll go into some of the awards here, and and I'll follow up with what I was going to say here in a minute. But the the Twilight takeover, man, it's just. You know, and I, I don't want to... It's, it's the whole kitty bopper. I mean, that, that thing has always been around. Right. You know, since the... Well, probably before the Beatles, but Beatles is probably one of the biggest examples of something that's, you know, from a time completely different of our own, but that same mentality of, you know... Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, you know, they're, they're just walking on this... I'm crying, you know. He's so hot! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... So it's the same thing. It's New Kids on the Block to, to NSYNC to... Oh, um, let's know. not put New Kids on the Block in the same category. Well, I hate to put them in the same category as the Beatles. Beatles. The Beatles. Which is the cousins of the Beatles. Uh-huh. Uh, I hate to put them in the same category as them as far as musically, but, and, I, and I won't do that. <laughs> but what I will put them in as, as far, far as popular trend, you yeah. know, something that the teeny bop, teen sensation, uh, they, they're definitely in, this, in the same um, token. Or uh, same area, but it's just uh, it dom- it, Twilight Dawn. They took home five awards, you know. And this this is a movie that I watched. I actually saw it in a theater, and I think we talked we talked a little bit on it um, last week. And I and I, I don't want to necessarily bash the Twilight, but I don't feel that it has the, it's the same quality. Now you know, Harry Potter has a huge following, right. and and I am a fan. But I, I don't look at it as a fan going when I when I compare the two. What I look at it as is the is the quality of the film. Right. You know, Warner Brothers is pumping huge money back into their film. They make the movie exciting. I mean, um, I'm getting my money's worth when I see these movies. When I watch something like Twilight, you know, like we talked about last week, there's there's no there's no money being pumped back into the 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 movie itself. I mean, the acting is is very very passe. I mean, it, Kristen Stewart. I used to think, oh man, she really does a good job of playing a um, kind of—I don't want to say depressed—teenager, um, but but kind of that awkward, doesn't know how to relate, express herself type character. But you watch her on these awards, watch her on these interviews. That's how she acts. Yeah. So there's 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 no there's no acting ability there. You know, it's it's I'm doing what I do. I'm reading in lines. real life. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and and outside of outside of Twilight, if you watch her in other movies, in fact, there's only one real movie that I was kind of watching her and going, okay, well, that's that's not bad, but only because her personality fit the character she was playing, right. which was uh, in the movie The Rebels, where she was playing Joan Jett. Oh, okay, um, I so never saw that one. That was actually a pretty decent flick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Twilight dominated, and it, but, but the, they won a lot of awards. They won. You said five awards, right? 
Right. And those, what, what were the five awards? I, well, I, you, I tuned out when Twilight won something, <laughs> the best fight so, scene. So you barely watched the, any of it because you had to tune out through the whole thing. Well, I, man, I'll tell you what, apparently the Twilight, they should just call it, they should just call it the pop whatever uh, is popular that, that year. But, you know, I, I saw one of the, one of the awards that really kind of irritated me that they got and I, and, uh, was best fight scene. And, I mean, I haven't seen the Twilights. They showed the little clips of the of the fight scenes, and I and I had seen most of the other movies. But one of the movies on there was uh, was the movie Inception. Which, if you haven't seen that movie, um, the constant the only beef I've ever heard with this movie is that it makes you think, and uh, and it's it's too much thinking. And I'm sorry if you don't want to go to the movies and not think, uh, then don't see that movie. But there's a fight scene in that movie that was that was not or was nominated didn't win, but uh, that that is just it, I mean the idea the 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 thought behind having the whole rotation the whole the whole way they 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 uh, filmed it and shot it was just amazing. What? And Twilight won the best fight scene. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I, and I think it's safe to I think enough people have seen Inception now where it's safe to kind of give be a little a little more descriptive with the scene where it, you know, the, the part in particular, uh, as he's talking about is where, um, uh, one of DiCaprio's, um, men, men, get, they're in a, they're in a dream sequence. And as they're in the dream outside of the dream, you know, the car is, is flipping. So it, inside the dream, gravity is getting, um, all distorted, distorded. And so, you know, uh, man, I can't think of his, the guy's name. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There we go. Thank you, uh, good, ex-girlfriend. Good guy, good actor. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed him since uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, um, He is fighting a guy in basically a weightless in- environment. environment. Yeah. Which, like, the walls and the yeah. ceiling were turning around. I mean... You know the fight. The fight itself is still like really cool with the combat between the two actors. But the the simple fact of having to move around the the, the idea is is by far like one of the greatest ideas for a fight scene. And it lost to Twilight. Like yeah. that's it. Like that and that poppy sensation throws me off. Yeah. Well, and, and the scene it lost to was where Jacob. Um, and I'm gonna space the uh, the lady he was fighting, but it was another vampire. They're fighting in the woods. Uh, it, it looks like they're on the the the, the rope harnesses. I mean, and it, it um, raised me up. I mean, I, I I it didn't happen in the movie, but I, she might as well looked over and said, "Raise me up! It's time for me to go up and fight." You know, and right. it, it just looked. I mean, in, in 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 this day and age, you know what I mean. Ten years later from the Matrix, right? Okay, uh, that, that's where I'm going to put my time frame on. Ten years later from the the Matrix. Um, no, I'm sorry, uh, Matrix came out ninety nine. So, so a longer. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we don't do the math here for you at the amazingly bald show. Yeah, we don't have a calculator here. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, ten, ten years we'll say. Um, where if you watch that movie, I, I can watch it now. And, and there's there's the one you know the one fight scene where he's fighting uh, Morpheus or training with Morpheus, and he does that flip over him. You can kind of see his hands come down, and you can almost see where the ropes were where they raced it out. But overall, you can't you can't kind of tell. You could tell in the in the Twilight. Um, I don't even know really if we should even be messing around with Twilight anymore. I think this is the last cast I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah it made it three episodes. <laughs> you know, someone's someone's gonna someone's gonna call up. Uh, this, we should call this the Twilight trilogy. It should be <laughs> the first <laughs> amazingly pulp show, episode one through three. Someone's the Twilight Swaga. Someone's gonna call up and and and, and leave us death threats. <laughs> 
yeah, so the Twilight Tacoma 5 Awards, including Best Female Performance, Best Fight Scene, Best Male Performance, Best best Kiss, well, uh, and yeah. Best Movie, you know, and <laughs> uh, here's, here's my thing. Don't even put these other movies in there, because... You base basically they 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 base it on people texting in on some of the words, yeah, and then um, I don't want to say popularity, but teeny bop status, like what how much how much movie brought in you know the uh, merchandise and did all that, um, and I don't think that's the reason. I mean, don't bring in these other movies. Don't bring don't put Inception up there. Don't put up this because you're insulting me by saying. That okay, this was a better movie. This almost won, but it got beat out by this. Yeah. You know, come on. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's... And I, I think that, you know, going back to the, the the Oscars, which the Oscars is... is they, they're a little stiff. They're trying to get hipper, which is why they had the big flop that was... Um, uh, no, 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 no. We've exactly. lost control at the Amazing yeah. Lincoln Show. Uh, no, the, the guy that played Hobgoblin in Spider-Man. Oh, uh, they had... Franco. Franco, yeah. Yeah, we'll just call him Franco. Who gives uh, a shit about his first name? Yeah, nobody does. James Franco. James Franco. And then the girl that was from the, the Princess Diaries. Oh, my other favorite person. Yeah, you know what? I did see that they were they were having those two work together. Yeah. Well, it was, it was... And I won't go completely into it, but it, it, it just had... Um, it was, I don't know... So, um, <laughs> it was gross. It was very, very, very gross. <laughs> they, uh, no, it's, yeah, James Frank kind of slept walk. But they were trying to get hipper by having a, a young, younger, but take, take, take what they do at the MTV Awards to make the show kind of hip. Right. Not necessarily what's in the categories, but how they, you know, people are more dressed, relaxed, and people are, um, trying to, uh, they're trying to dress hip. For lack right. of better terms, you know what I mean. So if you want to take a show and make it hipper, jump on what makes that show hip. But MTV, you know, hey, you're a credible channel. I mean, people have been watching you since the eight, the early '80s when you first started. You're no longer about music. Yeah, media television. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're media television, and you carry a lot of weight. Take yourself a little bit more seriously. That's all I'm saying to him. Do you hear me, MTV? Take yourself a little more seriously. <laughs> Um, well, moving on, and the last thing I really want to talk about with the MTV Movie Awards, which really just kind of kicked me in the balls and just left me going, I'm fucking old. <laughs> and uh, that was when I was watching um, the award for best jaw-dropping scene from a movie. Now, you had that scene from Inception. You had a scene from Harry Potter. Um, you had a scene from, um, I think it was Iron Man, right? Um, hands down, I thought, you know, I think you, we both agree um, that it was the Inception scene. Uh and what won was good old Justin Bieber. <laughs> One for his... Uh, Baby, uh, now, Baby. Uh, Never Say Never. Oh, movie, the documentary. Oh, the movie, that's right. Which, best jaw-dropping scene. I mean, when you're filming a documentary, it was in 3D, but not everyone saw it in 3D. Right. Some people just saw it in, in regular. So, are you saying it was best jaw-dropping moment because it was in 3D? Which movie isn't in 3D at this point? <laughs> or are you saying a best jaw-dropping moment because someone was sitting there with a camera just filming you dance around and do your moves? Yeah. You it, know what I mean? The, the originality is just, you can't have an opinion about stuff. Like, when you have an originality, yes, it can make, a, for huge movies such as Inception and things like that, but people don't 
they don't uh, they don't want to branch off to something new and, and give these the credit due. They want them to keep them silent. Like Inception was obviously a huge huge movie, um, but yeah, I, I mean, come on, really? I mean, you know, I'm not saying that his movie was any good or, or any bad. I didn't see it. I can't judge it, but I can say that really. A documentary should not be a jaw-dropping scene in comparison to a movie that's like the person put a creative input into other than, you know. Well, I mean, there's probably creative input into the dancing. Well, okay. But I'm talking about the overall. Like, it was just kind of following him around, from my understanding from the movie. Let me ask you this. From young to old, how many people came up to you and said, did you see that new Justin Bieber movie? (laughs) Well... There was a scene in that movie that... Jaw, I, my my jaw, my jaw is dropped to the floor. Well, every time I I visited the old folks' home, they would they would tell me about the Bieber stuff. <laughs> you like that Bieber? <laughs> um, yeah. So I just don't uh, I don't get it. I mean, uh, it beat out Inception again. Um, you know, and this is the bottom line. This is what I'll say, and we should probably you know move on. But it it just angers me overall because this is the future of what I will be seeing. Uh, in the movies, the future of cinema. These fans that are attached to these Twilight movies and that are popularizing uh, Justin Bieber are going to grow up, and they're going to be, um, you know, influencing the younger generation on what they should like. And then movie companies, because that's mostly what they do, is they gear it towards who's buying our movies, right? You know, so well, it's in the same way as music. This is too. this is my this is my saying to everyone out there: is go see movies, go support. I know it's hard because they're so damn expensive, but if you're if you're like me and you're tired of seeing Twilight on there, you're tired of seeing Justin Bieber, uh, you think Inception was a great movie, but you rented it on DVD and it's too late now. It's too late. <laughs> you know, just go out and see and see the movies. Uh, at least see them at the Dollar General. At least support, um, just so we can get these movies. Uh, the good ones out. Yeah. You know? Get the word out. Pass it along. Um, stop giving your kids money and dropping them off at the theaters to go see Justin Bieber. You slap you those know? kids and you say, you go see Inception and quality movies. Take them to Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. You know? Right. Uh, okay. Well, moving on. Uh, big news. Got a couple, a few things. Uh, movie release uh, that are coming out in the future. In the future. Um, Jim Carrey let slip on the extra, uh, or on extra, that a new Dumb and Dumber sequel is in the works and that he may possibly be in the movie. Might reprise his role as, um... <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I need to, uh... Why don't you go in and quote a piece of crap? Yeah, I just don't know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey coming back in Dumb and Dumb. Lloyd. Lloyd. Lloyd Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. Woo! Woo! Glad, I'm glad I couldn't remember that. Uh, wow, really? So, he said that he might play it, huh? Yeah, in a, in a recent interview of, uh... That penguin movie that he's doing, mm. uh, he announced that, which he needs something. He, him, he's you know he's starting to fall into that whole Robin Williams uh, pitfall of doing all these kiddie movies, right? So that he's just getting typecast and, and his humors. Like when Robin Williams came out, um, yeah, he used to do um, com- some sort of comedy comic comic relief with Billy Crystal and Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, that wasn't when he first came out, but when he was starting to get into the height of his popularity. I mean, he had some pretty hardcore... Um, oh, his stand-up. Yeah, is some super. R-rated stand-up. And I don't necessarily think you have to be R-rated to, to be funnier. You know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves anyways is when people, you know, comedians have to 
you know, emphasize cuss words to make their joke funny, but, like, I don't think he did it that way. I think he just incorporated it in. But, you know, in the late 90s, after, like, Mrs. Doubtfire is just going downhill. And I think Jim Carrey is starting to fall on the same thing with this Penguin movie, and then... Uh, that looks terrible. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, he's a, he's a... I read an article, he's a big fan of uh, um, Don... Um, I think it's Rickles? Something like that. The guy who played Barney Fife from... Um, um, Andy Griffith show, right? Okay, yes. And this, this movie is actually is a is a I believe it's a remake of one of his older movies. Huh. I could be wrong, but um, you know he needs to. I don't, and I hate the fact that he's like, okay, well, what did everyone like? Yeah, they love Dumb and Dumber. I'm gonna go back and do Dumb and Dumber, and uh, you know, you look at Ace Ventura too, which was terrible. Yeah, you know what I mean. The first Ace Ventura was funny, original, and they did Ace Ventura too, and it was like watching the same thing only like someone else playing his role only it was Jim Carrey still playing the same yeah, thing yeah you know um, so hopefully this does well I know there's a lot of fans out there of Dumb and Dumber I, I liked it when I came out uh, or when it came out when I came out of the closet I uh, I was like I really like that Dumb and Dumber <laughs> Dumber how about you yeah it's great so, you know I'm I'm actually you know if this is going to happen I'm excited you know I, I've always liked Jim Carrey and I, and I agree with you he gets typecast but I, you know I do give Jim Carrey respect because you know, he did do some uh, try some other things. He did try to do some other movies. You know, and, and some great movies. Some movies I really I really liked. Uh, Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind uh, was a little bit underground, but I liked that movie. I really liked that movie. It's one of my favorite. Uh, if you're going with lovey dovey movies, it's one of my favorite love story ones. Um, and then I also liked. Uh, did you ever see the number number twenty three? Was that what it was called? Yeah, the number twenty three. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, and it was something that he doesn't always do. It was nice to see him try something else. Because, you know, I think comedians, when they come out, they always get typecasted right away. And then, uh, you know, they can't play anything else. Well, Dumb and Dumb and 2, Dumb and Dumber 2, Jim Carrey, hopefully uh, it won't be... It's a piece of crap, it doesn't work! So, um, good luck to you, buddy. I will support... Um, as long as this changes your career, <laughs> right, right? And you don't keep on going back to all your old movies. I do, I do not want to see a mask too. Oh um, speaking of sequels, moving on. Uh, Dick Tracy two was announced by uh, Warren Beatty. Really? Did you hear about this? No. Yeah. Did you ever see the? Remember, do you remember? Oh, the, I remember the, the original. Tracy? Yeah. 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 Um, which was an incredibly cool flick. It, you know, it was one of the movies that basically came out a year later after Batman. Right. And so it always gets compared to Batman. But I think that Dick Tracy does a really good job of adapting those old comic book um, strips right. and making it look. I mean, they, they used all you know primary colors and solid primary colors yeah. to uh, reflect that. Yeah, the color schemes. Like, yeah, I was just yeah. about to say the color schemes are really awesome. But it's got a great cast of characters: Al Pacino, you know, Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty. So I'm hoping they go back that same route or same route and. Um, um, stick with that you know it, it it worries me because all those guys are, are so old so now all of them are going to be in it again though not necessarily warren Beatty just announced that they, that 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 it is in the works it is in the works yeah so and um, he's going to play he, he didn't announce that he just said dick tracy 2 is in the works so it might be a straight to video <laughs> dick tracy with uh <laughs> uh jamie uh what's guy from scream oh jamie kennedy jamie kennedy Actually, I would watch a Jamie Kennedy, um, uh, Dick Tracy, only because it would be so bad, it'd probably be funny. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, they're laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least I have uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, 
In addition to other uh, sequel movies, we have a Tron 3 movie coming out. Now, Tron 3. Now, I'm confused because I thought the last one, the one that just came out, was the first one. No. No, uh, there was uh, back in uh, 81, I believe, uh, the original Tron came out with Jeff Bridges. Um, and it basically how he gets in, you know, he, it's been so long since, since I've seen the movie, but basically he gets zapped into a computer and he's got to do, like, you saw Tron Legacy? Right. Correct? Well, that world gets, gets put in there and he's got to try to, you know, break out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then sets everyone free, and then Tron is actually based on one of the characters he created that's in the game. That's actually based on one of the looks of you the guy with the silver hair in yeah. the beginning uh, of Tron Legacy. But yeah, so Tron, then there was Tron Legacy, which is like a it was like a twenty thirty year gap, right. you know, uh, from the original. And then now they've they've greenlit uh, to go ahead and start making a third one, which I'm excited because the way that the you know tra- if you haven't seen Tron Legacy, here is your spoiler alert. Plug your ears, plug your nose. <laughs> Plug your toes. Um, Stop breathing. <laughs> <laughs> just basically fall over. Um, you know, uh, I'm assuming that Tron Legacy uh, or Tron Three will follow up from where Tron Legacy left off, which is them getting into the real world. You know, and I'm curious to see what they would do with that because I don't know. I, I like when they're in the 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 the, uh, the Tron world, so inside the computer, so if they bring it out and it's something like that, I like it. But if it's something like the Matrix where they're dancing around the cave naked, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I just do not want to deal with that, you know? Gross! So, um, in other news, moving on, we've got a lot of news, we've got to cover a lot of ground. Uh, Django, which is um, Quentin Tarantino's next movie, which is basically his version of a spaghetti western that takes place back in um, the American um, slave times when there was slave labor and, all, and that of such nature. Um, basically about a guy working with a um, African American that escapes from his um, capture and then they go around trying to, I don't know if it's going to be free slaves or just going to like a western revenge outlaw kick ass type style. And the most re- recent news are. Uh, Kind of recent news. Will Smith was was talking about taking on the lead of the African American, but I think that he might have passed on it. But I do know uh, they're talking to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio now to take to play on. the black guy. Yeah, exactly. Hey, he's got, got range. talent. He's, he if does he, have range. If he can play a handicapped guy, he can play an African American. <laughs> uh, so he's got talent. He is the king of the world. Uh, no, but he's in talks uh, to take uh, take on the lead of the uh, Caucasian. The Caucasian. And um, called Calvin Candy, uh, who helps free the African-American, and um, they go on a just rampage, kick ass, shooting some uh, like racial, a- racist, Ku Klux Klan motherfuckers. Uh, you you know? know, like, but it's, uh, you, you know, I, I, I'm i kind of excited about that. I didn't know, uh, I haven't seen uh, one of his movies in, what, some Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. That's a great movie, by the way, but... Yeah, uh, it's it's always good to see Quentin Tarantino do movies. I know he doesn't necessarily always appease the lady crowd, but it's it, you know these movies are they're just different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The um, the last thing I wanted to to, to jump into is um, the Human Centipede Two. It's banned in Europe. Did you ever see the Human Centipede, the first one? No, I saw that that came out. I've seen so many people like talking about it and just bashing the crap out of this movie, which 
it already sounded terrible from the title. Like, I don't know why I want to see it, but but they're making a second one and it was banned, huh? Yeah, well, let me. For those of you who don't know what the, the Human Centipede is, it was a movie that came out last year. Um, it's it's a horror movie. It's probably one of the most graphic movies I've ever seen. Um, it's it's kind of shot cheesily as far as the acting, but like what happens doesn't necessarily look. It looks real, you know what I mean. So it's that that part's not cheesy, but basically it's about a couple of uh, kids that get get off track, off the the beaten path over in I believe German Germany, and they stumble upon this German uh, re- retired German um, uh, surgeon, okay. and he basically has captured another guy, and he ends up drugging these two girls, these two girls, and sews them mouth to butt. <laughs> to form a centipede. <laughs> um, it, I did sit through this movie. I did give it a viewing. I will not watch it again. Uh, just just out of the fact that it was it was gross. It, I mean, if you have a weak stomach, uh, I would say even if you don't have a weak stomach, do not watch this film. You know, uh, if if you're just interested in seeing just something you've never seen before, watch it. Ask the mouth. Yeah, ask the mouth. Um, well, the, the the sequel is coming out this year, and it got banned, you know, in Europe because the the European um, know, it's the critics board um, basically just said it was it was too graphic to uh, show. I mean, basically, the, basically the premise of the, of the second one is is about someone who's watched the film and gets turned on, intrigued by the film, and decides to do it himself, um, and. So he captures some people and does it, but I guess there's some pretty graphic scenes where he. Um, this is pretty graphic, so tune this part out. Uh, basically, masturbates with barbed wire. Oh! Yeah. And then um, decides to defile one of the characters with said barbed wire. So um, you can take that as you will, but I think most of you people will. Um, Gross! Yeah. So that's why I got banned. Now, whether or not it's going to play in the states yet has still been still been you know unannounced. But uh, we're I, I, some sick bastards. Yeah. It'll get. It. Well, what's funny is that like it's got to be pretty bad because over in Europe they do not. They, they don't care as much. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, their TV full nudity. Yeah, you know, so it's uh, they don't they don't hold back. So it's got to be pretty bad if it's getting banned uh, from TV or from the Europe and <laughs> TV. I'm, I'm the TV in quite, Europe. I'm quite sure to get banned from TV. Well, that's about all it for the entertainment news. Uh, so I'm probably just going to go ahead and jump into my movie reviews. Are you excited for that? Yeah. What, what movies do we got on here? Well, I was able to check out uh, Super 8. Super. Have you heard about that movie? Uh, you know, I've seen all the previews and everything, but I have no idea what the hell the movie's about. Is it dinosaurs that are in this thing? Well, no. And I, I'm really on the border of whether or not I want to give it away of what it is that's happening. Um, but let me go ahead, we're going to do a kid's review of the movie, and then I'll jump into mine. Here's a kid's review of Super 8. Maybe. <laughs> uh, here's a kid's review of Super 8. How about that? A kid's review of um, Super 8. Um, really, Super 8, it's, it, the story was just played out really well. The Most of like the graphics for the monster were pretty good and I some of the parts in it um, I 
I couldn't believe how they either did that on set or they actually took it out and did it somewhere in real life because it, it was just amazing far out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, this, like the story behind some of the characters was really cool as well. Uh, I really liked how they started the movie. It it was a really good way to start. Um, I thought the ending was pretty good too, but I know a lot of people didn't really like the ending. Uh, they thought it kind of fizzled out at the end. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, that that movie was pretty awesome. So. Now the reason I chose to play that in particular is because. Super 8 is an homage to the old Spielberg films back in the 80s um, and quite a few of the kid movies back in the 80s. Basically, the premise of Super 8 is about, um, it starts off with a boy whose mother dies uh, back in the, I think it's in 1979. And, you know, uh, there's a guy that, the reason she ends up dying is because this guy's drunk, doesn't go into work, and so she takes a shift and then he ends up dying, or she ends up dying from whatever accident happens. And so the boy's dad is at odds with that guy and that guy's at odds with the dad because he just feels bad. But it's more about this interaction of these kids um, trying to shoot this zombie film. Um, and um, as that happens, something happens when they're filming the movie, which I'm sure you've seen in the previews, uh, with the train wreck and something gets loose from the government and the government comes into the town and there's trying to cover stuff up and they're trying to find out what's going on. Um, I the I will say this that it's it's, it's shooting for like an ET slash Goonies slash Stand by Me. I mean that's the vibe that I felt with watching this movie. Um, and as far as the 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 kids interaction, he nails it. As far as the look, I mean if you want to if you want to get that good type of feeling of when you were watching ET of that time, you know what I mean. He nails it. But the problem I have with this movie is that when you eventually get to what they're looking for. Um, I, I no longer ha- I no longer have the compassion that they're they're trying to shoot for, which is kind of like the feel sorry for the said. All right, well I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw a spoiler out here so you guys can tune us out. But at the end of the movie, um, it's an alien, you know, and you find out that the government is trying to cover it up and they just want to keep it captured. Where all it wants to do is try to go home, a la ET, you know. But the, the, the alien ends up killing some people in the process, you know what I mean, on purpose, because like the, the soldiers that are trying to get him, and yes, I know that the soldiers are shooting at it, but at the same time, like, E.T. wasn't kicking ass, you know, E.T. wasn't whipping out grenades and blowing people mm-hmm. up, you know, and and then you get to the end, and... He just had that creepy finger. Yeah, and he wasn't capturing people and, and hanging them up in, in his creepy cave, you know, and then running at these kids like he's going to kill them, and then they talk him out of it, and, and, then, and then what the main problem I had is that they get to the end, and, and the thing gets a spaceship, and it takes off while kind of trashing the town mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way out, mm-hmm. you know? So I just... The kid part of it is awesome. You know, and I think that J.J. Abrams, who I'm a, he's, he's, he's who directed it, and Steven Spielberg executive produced it, um, he he nails that element of trying to capture that magic that Steven Spielberg in in, in, in the parts of, like in the Goonies that uh, Robert Zemeckis was able to capture. 
uh, the interaction between the kids, that's great. And I think that he got so tied up in that part that when it came down to you know finding out what's in the, the magic box, it, it fizzled. Right. You know what I mean? Just <clears throat> so yeah, I, I give it a B minus because at the end of the day, you have to finish your movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and when you're when you're doing the you know when, the whole time when you're getting me to go, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's the secret? And I get there and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. So you're all like <laughs> the whole time you were like until you saw what was in the box, you're you're like Brad Pitt in Seven. What's yeah. in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. So I give it a B minus. Uh, I, I I definitely say wait for um, DVD. It's, I mean, I actually went and saw it on the big screen, and it got reserved seats and paid like three extra bucks to go see it. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but my kid loved it though. Okay, so that is your kid. That isn't just some kid you interviewed at the park. Well, I when I walked into school and I grabbed some kid and I said, "Listen, you little bastard, I want to <laughs> I review. Have candy. A, I want to <laughs> review Super Eight. And he, I don't know what that movie is. <laughs> I do not care." Um, so yeah, and I, I I just think that it. Tried to modernize those movies, you know, like there was cuss words and there was there was, uh, um, you know, guys smoking pot. You know, I mean, I got my kids sitting there and and I'm thinking it was going to be a throwback to those feel good movies, and I don't know. I think I think also like, but they, but right now they they you know obviously I haven't seen the film, but you know they want to still appease to things are open more open now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and 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 at younger ages, people people. Uh, yeah. Um, moving on, we've got the DVD movie Piranha. I recently checked that out. Yeah. Um, now, for those who don't know, Piranha was a remake. It was directed by Alexandra Aha, um, and he did the movies, um, the remake of Hills Have Eyes, High Tension, um, and Mirrors, which those are all pretty cool movies, pretty graphic. Um, I didn't realize going into this movie it was going to be as graphic as it was um and my my, my son wanted to watch a, a scary movie so i just grabbed that because i hadn't seen it um it's pretty cheesy um there's there's a lot of nudity probably more than i thought was going to be in there i thought you know he's getting older now i mean who who is better to exp- get him experienced into boobs than me true you know what I mean? I, Daddy knows best. Right. I know where boobs come from as opposed to the kid that's down the block that might say that they come from Mars. <laughs> you know? So I thought, okay, well, it's got it's it, it's probably going to have some. You know what I mean? We're watching this movie. I mean, it's probably like boobs every, uh, um, I'd say safe to say every 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But uh, I do have a kid's review on Piranha, and it goes a little something like this. I really, like, my favorite part about Super 8 was... Uh, the way the story kind of played out. Yeah, yeah. This is a kid's review on the movie Piranha. Uh, I didn't like the movie at all. I just thought it was too cheesy. You could tell what was going to happen. And they showed way too much in the commercials. So, yeah, I just didn't like it. And I would agree with that. I would say, and I hate to say that because I really like this director. I think he like has a handle on horror movies, but I think that he got too tied up into trying to make it be kind of cheesy, like a throwback to the old 80s movie, that he kind of lost the, the stuff that could have made it cool. You yeah. know, um, I mean, any movie that has a floating penis 
mm. <laughs> in the water, you got to pass. So, or well, check it out. Depends on what you're looking at. Depends what father son bonding trip you're going on for. Exactly. If you're looking for boobs, bond away. <laughs> if you're looking for floated pe- penises, pass. Uh, uh, I gave the movie a, a C minus. Uh, okay, moving on. We got some good news in comics. Um, we talked about uh, last week. We talked about DC um, re. I don't know. I guess I want to say revamping up the yeah to, to kids, right? Yeah, and it's it's well they're they're re- releasing their um, they're releasing fifty two comics. They're they're rebooting a lot of their their franchise characters, and they're trying to uh, modernize basically. Their characters. Have you heard anything about this? I have not. Other than the podcast that we talked about last right, time, right? Well, you know, it's it's, it's um, headlined by Jim Lee and Jeff Johns. Jim Lee is an incredible artist, uh, popular artist, and Jeff Johns is kind of reshaping the DCU. No, Jim Lee, he did uh, he did Spawn, right? No, that was actually Todd McFarlane. Oh, it's Todd McFarlane. Jim Lee became popular. Um, through Marvel Comics, basically, hop. I mean, he did a, a few few books beforehand, um, namely the the Punisher and Alpha Flight. But it wasn't until he jumped on X Men, oh, where okay. he was able to um, just you know shoot for the stars, and he just basically they never went away. But he just he made them look slick. I mean, the guy is like he can draw anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Draw draw two bunnies humping. Bam, you got it. Dick um, in the water. Yeah, but so you know he he got popular on the X Men, and he left, formed uh, Image with these other creators, Todd McFarlane. Uh, one of which was Todd McFarlane had spawned. Well, Jim Lee ended up doing Wildcats, which was no surprise because he is, you know, knows how to do a team book. Um, and then uh, ended up selling his share of the company to DC, and so they have the right to all his Wildstorm was the name of his company. He's got they got the rights to all the Wildstorm companies, and now he's kind of made his way up through DC. Um, to the position that he's in now. Um, but basically, I just wanted to real quick kind of give everyone an update of all the new books that will be coming out. And I, it, August 31st, is, I believe, is when they start. Um, so real quickly, I'm just going to run them down. you got Justice League number one. It's going to be penciled by Jim Lee with ink by Scott Williams and written by Jeff Johns. And, you know, there's 52 books here. I don't know if I'm going to go on 52 books, but I will tell you, like, the ones I'm going to pick. The ones I'm going to pick up at the uh, the... Office, for lack of better terms, um, you've got. Uh, we'll talk a little bit longer about Justice League until I pan through to the next book. That I, <laughs> uh, uh, overall, it does look pretty slick, and I will say this: it, it, it looks like they've got. They're kind of doing a throwback to the kind of '90s look yeah. of the Jim Lee uh, times, and I'm I'm cool with that. I'll, I'll probably be picking up uh, Batman, which is going to be written by Scott Snyder and art by Greg Capullo. People don't know who Greg Capullo is, or Greg Capullo, however you pronounce that. Um, he kind of took over the drawing on um, drawing responsibilities on Spawn after Todd McFarlane left, and he didn't really leave. He just still stayed as a as a writer, and then he um, inked over Capullo. So I'm interested to see how Greg Capullo does without McFarlane inks. You know, because when McFarlane was inking them, it looked pretty close to what McFarlane was doing. Uh, so I'm just interested to see how his stuff looks without it, you know. Uh, which I saw a little bit of it back before he joined. I mean, he used to draw X-Force uh, uh, over at um, Marvel. 
Pick up that one. I'm probably gonna pick up um, one other Batman book, Batman: The Dark Knight. It's written by David Finch, and it's also drawn by David Finch. Uh, for those who don't know who David Finch is, he uh, jumped on board with the Avengers and kind of started putting them back on the map or repopularizing them uh, with the dis- uh, Avengers disassembled line. Um, and that may be it for me. But I think that everyone should go. If, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll end it by saying this: if you're looking for some place to jump on with DC Comics, August 31st is your time. September, the month of September, is your time because they're they're revamping almost everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a good starting on point. Uh, and uh, the last thing I'll say is Grant Morrison, who is a pretty popular writer right now, uh, is taking over. Um, the writing duties of revamping Superman. So if you're a fan of All-Star Superman, which Grant Morrison wrote, you will enjoy this, I believe. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, We're running a little bit long, so I'll just move some of this uh, comic book news news to next week. I apologize about that. Uh, But that's what I'll talk about with comics today. Um, I guess I want to kind of jump into our listeners' feedback. Um, we did <laughs> get some feedback. Uh, did you did you go online? Did you check any of this out? I you know I my internet hasn't been working this week, so I haven't really been able to to jump on to get the feed, the ticks, the what have yous. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, our, our our buddies over at um, BlueYonder.com decided to jump on there and um give us give us a little bait, you know, a little bait, a little bait, <laughs> a little right. hook and bait. Uh-huh. Uh. Jim Jones decided to hop on, and he was asking, um, what is our take, or what are our opinions on The Walking Dead uh, TV show and comics? Have you seen that at all? You know, I have seen, I, I saw, like, the, like the, the previews and, the, and, like, the first one, but, uh, you know, it, it looks, it looks okay, or maybe, maybe the idea is okay, but I'm not sure it was, look, at least the one I saw, is it, I'm not sure it was executed. Yeah, entirely as good as it could be. The idea is right there, though. You know, I mean, I think I think it's time for us to have a. So you're show you're saying in. you watched the show and it didn't look like it was executed, or you didn't? I watched like part of it. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but it seemed like from what I like, you know, and obviously you got to get to know the characters, you got to get to know what's going on. But I mean, it's a zombie film, or I mean, it's a zombie show, right? So. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's time for us to have that on TV. I think there has to be a time like the end of the world, because because I think sometimes movies, especially in zombie movies, they rush it. You know, they rush so much stuff. But uh, what, what what did you take on it, uh, J Hat? Well, I think if you're not watching the show, you're fucking retarded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not you particularly. Right, 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 um, right. Although you do have some sort of uh, handicap. I do. Um, but I, yeah, I will say if you're not watching the show, you need to get on there. <laughs> Uh, because the, the show is awesome. It's it's AMC is doing great stuff with TV. We talked a little bit last week about Mad Men. Um, there's another show in there called Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, which have you seen that? I no, I wanted to see that one. That's the one with the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, right? Yes, you need to jump on and and, and he's not even like his character from Malcolm in the Middle. Well, and like, but I've heard that you have to watch it all the way through. You have to watch it from beginning to. To, to end. Well, you I do. think with most shows, you know, watch them from beginning. Well, no, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's like I have to get like the seasons. I can't just start it now. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's most. I, I think T. I, I think TV is, and not to go uh, too long into this because I want to come back to Walking Dead, but I think TV 
is it, um, they're in the golden age of TV right now because I think they're putting on the best of what they put on in a long time. You know, you've just I mean, AMC is, is really doing a great job, but you you have shows like Lost, you have shows like Fringe. Um, now, now talking about I'm not talking about reality shows, but I'm talking about the actual quality of shows that they're putting on that are that are written, that are produced well. Um, you know, you look at HBO, uh, the shows that they're putting on with you know, started with stuff like Sopranos, even Sex and the City. You know what I mean? Or, or Entourage. I mean, they're just they're entertaining shows. You know. What well, I mean? and, I, and I would say that I would say that in like in Showtime as well too. Like like yeah. uh, Dexter and yeah. Weeds, some you know great shows. But what's what's cool about that now is that they they've you know those pay pay uh, channels have pushed the envelope so much that regular TV is trying to jump on board to compete, and so they're putting the quality in there. They're pushing the envelope more, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, to look back at my, you know my opinion on on the TV show for Walking Dead is is awesome. I mean, it's just it's it's a story of now for those of you who don't know what The Walking Dead is, it's a it's it's based on a comic book by Robert Kirkman. And you know, unfortunately, the the name of the artist—I um, know there's been two different artists, but I, it kind of slips my mind. I apologize out there, Jim. Um, but it's the, the the book is well done. I only got through the first mini series that was collected in trade paperback, only because my library only had that, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. and I just can't afford to go back and uh, buy all the back issues to try to catch up to where I am now. But what I read, and I actually read it before the show came out, um, it's it's just well done. It's actually in black and white. Uh, with with, a, with some use of gray tones, um, but it's a well done book, and I think that the TV show does a great job of uh, adapting that book. Um, See, I didn't know it was a book though. Yeah, well, not book, comic book. Well, it's a, well, it's a graphic like, novel. No, graphic like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, um, and Robert Kirkman, who's who's you know huge in the comic book world right now, um, specifically for The Walking Dead, but other other uh, books. Um, that he has out there, um, so it's it's a good show. Uh, what I like about it is it's not just about the zombies. You know, the same thing with the book. It's more about the human character interaction of in in, in a time of survival. Right. You know, um, you know where you watch something like a Mad Max, which is another which is another good film, but that's about him trying to serve, like kick ass and survive. But it's about him kicking ass, you know what I mean? Right. Like you, you get a, a scene where he's driving down the highway, you know, facing off with a semi against all these road warriors. Where this is, you've got the zombies, but the fear is really not even necessarily the zombies. It's the fear between the humans themselves. You right. know, there there is no police. There is no orchestration of um, um, I don't know. We don't want to say that. no 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 uh, source of protection. You know what I mean? So, wild man Harry down the street, if he doesn't like your shit, you better hope you're protected. Right. You know what I mean? He's coming for you. Uh, so, th- th- that's kind of the twist on it, is that, yeah, they are on the run from the zombies. They're constantly on the run, but they, uh, uh, the real fear is, you know, man and man. You know, how are you going to survive with each other? So well, it's, it's not necessarily the truth anyway, you know? Yeah. Whether, whether men will get together, whether they're zombies or not. <laughs> Can't even get along, and there's no fucking zombies at the point. Yeah, so that, I mean, my my opinion, uh, going it's the first season finished off uh, with a nice little cliffhanger. They the little collection group of people that they have make make it to the C. I think it's CDC Center of Disease Control down in Atlanta, and that doctor down there kind of goes a little crazy and almost blows them up, but they end up getting out. 
you know, so now it's kind of what do they do now? They're still back on the run because when they went there, it was it was underground. They were safe. They had hot water. They had food. They had all this, uh, and now it's now it's gone. Now they're back to where they were before. Um, so I'm interested. I, I have seen a couple pictures of the new show, and the zombies look great. I think that's one of the things I like about it too is that it's high caliber quality production. You know, the CGI and it looks cool, and the um, the prosthetics and such look pretty cool. So you're telling me that they're putting more of an effort to make things look good than Twilight. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'll just leave it at that, yes. Uh, show's good. Check it out. If you're not checking it out, it's on AMC. Uh, season 2 should be starting this fall. Um, you can go out right now. Season 1 is out on DVD, I believe. Um, don't fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's out by now. So go check it out. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, the other listener feedback that we had is from Aaron Hubbard over at uh, Blue Yonder. Uh, Aaron writes in, uh, I have a question too. Why the hell do people like Frank Quietly's work? Uh, his faces all look the same, namely like his characters all use the whole tube of preparation H on their mouth. I mean, every generation has the polar, had polarizing artists. In my day, there was McFarlane, who famously couldn't dr- uh, draw hands or faces, and Liefeld, who, well, was Liefeld. But no more has driven me up than... Uh, I can't read. Do you want to read this? Mm-mm. Yep, yep, yep. I love to hear either a spirited defense of the man's work or join me in the bashing. Is he the most polarizing artist ever, or if not... Who do you think he is? Um, yeah, I I'm with you, Aaron. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of pulled because um, yeah, I read the comics back in the '90s. That's actually when I jumped on, and I, I was a McFarlane fan. Uh, I was not a Liefeld fan. I, I you know I know that McFarlane gets a lot of criticism for looking like he draws his characters like they're just bags of meat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, but I you know like in the previous podcast, I think he drew with uh, uh, great dynamics. Um, and so, you know, and Rob Liefeld just can't draw. <laughs> so, uh, when you're drawing the same pose and, and the same stuff that you've rehashed in every single comic, what can you say? Um, but I will speak to Frank quietly. When I first saw him, I was in the same boat. I was kind of like, I don't understand what it is that is so popular about this guy. But the more that I... In, and I actually think that, and this is back when he was drawing X-Men. Uh, this is back when he was drawing, um, well, when he first came into DC. I, I'm trying to think what he was drawing at the time when he came back in. But I, I guess I, I jumped on board when he was drawing All-Star uh, Superman, which was kind of this throwback to the golden age of comics Superman, um, telling those old type of stories, modernizing a little bit. Um, I'll see if I can pull something up here for you, Jazzy Jeff, so you can... Throwing a little bit of comments, but um, you know, here's what we're looking at here. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that yes, that it kind of looks like he's got a, kind of a marshmallowy fluff uh, right. going on. That's what I was gonna look at. Um, but I think that he draws some pretty cool dynamics in his artwork. Uh, but when I first got into it, I couldn't understand what it was that he was trying to convey. Um, he's one of the only guys that I know that's in the business. Uh, there's there's a few of them out there, but they basically don't even have an inker. They just digitally, you know, bring the uh, tones down on the pencils, and boom, that's that's it's inked. It's black now. 
Yeah. Um, so it kind of looks almost sketchy. Right. You know? So who knows? Could he could he benefit from having an inker? Probably. Um, I I don't I don't get why he's as popular. I, I, that's why I say I agree with Aaronis. I don't get why he's as popular as he is. You know, I mean, he basically gets to jump on any project he wants to. I mean, just recently did a run with um, Batman and Robin. You know, and it kind of looked like there were these marshmallow characters, like <laughs> running. <laughs> you know, sometimes the characters almost look at the old Michelin Man. You ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but I think that some of the stuff that he draws has that dynamics, and I, and I will speak to this. I, you know, this is this is probably the number one reason why this guy gets work, because in comic books, in, in comic book world, you um, you don't get job because you're the best you're you're the the, the best artist out there. You don't get uh, work because you um, you're just cool. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the reasons why you get uh, work. Um, is you're, you're making the story dynamic, but you can tell a story. A lot of people don't realize this, but um, you know when an artist draws out the panels, they're trying to lead the eye, lead the eye from panel to panel. They're basically trying to control the way you read a story. You know the um, the way that we read is left to right. So they'll do they'll do things like say panel one, there's a guy punching another guy. Well, his head's going to be turned. You know, and not necessarily every panel is going to be like this specifically. But a, a trick is the one guy could be turned towards and looking towards the next panel and that's going to lead the eye to go to the next panel or they might zigzag the panel to go downwards towards the next panel it's all about leading the eye so that's a trick that maybe he does well you know what i mean the other thing is is that he might be able to crank out 22 pages in a month and and meet a monthly schedule each and every time some artists can't do that Uh, some artists have to spend three days working on just one panel to make it look good but if you can crank something out and it looks decent enough to tell a story. The reader can look at it, understand what's going on. You've got work, and I see that all the time. I mean, I, you know, I don't necessarily have that much of a problem with Frank Quietly's work anymore. But there's tons of artists out there that inspire me because they suck. They're just so bad. Yeah. But I won't point them out because you know, hey, they're they're in the same field. But I, I look at that and I go, okay, well, I, you know, this is what I would do with that angle. This is how I would do that. Um, so I'm not. I'd have to I'd have to say I'm because you know he asks you know are you with me or are you not with me and it's I, I'd have to say I, I'm not unfortunately because I read enough of his work where I kind of understand where he's coming from what he's trying to do stylistically but I think art is subjective you know I think that you you know you might look at it and go that's shit but I might look at it and go that's cool right. Right, Art's very open to interpretation. I agree. Yeah, and you know, there some some, some stuffs hit, some stuff is miss. Um, hopefully, that answered a little bit of, of what you were going for uh, there, Aaron. If not, right back in, and we will certainly talk some more about it. Uh, you wanted to talk about some music today, didn't you? You know, I just I just wanted to uh, note that uh, this week that. Um, the Chili Peppers announced officially announced their CD. I know, I know, I announced it before, but they they announced it's coming out in uh, in August. Are you sure that's not? You can't just make up lies about people. Hey, hey, hey! This is not, this isn't this isn't Fox News. <laughs> you know, but no, uh, they announced that they they're doing it, and it's with the new guitarist and. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see a lot of my new uh, some of my favorite bands coming up with new CDs this year. What about the album? 
What about the album? What about it? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, have you heard anything like any of the, like what's they the sound? Or? They haven't released any of the uh, any of the of the new songs or what song they're going to put out as a hit. They just announced that the album will come out, and so you know, in a couple of weeks they'll be they'll be frontlining uh, 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 the song that they want to take the album off with, and and I'm excited. I'm a little nervous because uh, obviously because John Frusciante is not in it anymore, um, and I did hear that uh, Flea's doing a lot of keys like piano keys and, and not playing so much bass which will be interesting but uh, but I did uh, you know I do kind of feel like this guy this new guitarist could possibly do pretty good he he's been backing up he's been playing with the chili peppers for the last four or five years and he's done backup vocals on the stadium arcadium and and uh, what was the album before that by the way yeah and he was on that one too so so we'll see. We'll see how that uh, how that plays out. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, what I mean, because some of the new albums, uh, some of the new new, you know, a lot of my a lot of my big favorite bands came out uh, this year with new albums. You know, the Foo Fighters came out with an album, uh, which we already talked about. But Incubus is coming out with a new album, and I've heard a couple songs. The 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 song they brought out is is a good song. It takes a couple of listens. Um, I've heard a couple other songs on this CD. I'm not 100% sure uh, how I feel about it. Do you uh, not... Uh... She's lost that loving feeling. She's lost... No, she hasn't. Yes, she has. She's not lost that loving feeling. She's lost it, Matt. Come on. I hate it when she does that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what you got now, Chester. Okay, man. Let's turn and burn. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I actually, uh, some, uh, now I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, shit, I can't think of what the name of it is, but, uh, it's a new singer, and actually, maybe she's not new, <laughs> she, new to me, uh, new to the 30-year-old realm, <laughs> yeah, um, her, her name's Adele, Adele, have, yeah. you, have you heard of her, uh-uh. um, was, I think it's like something, something to know, something like that, um, heard the song on the radio, sounds great, I think it's gonna be a feel-good, uh, song of the summer, I think that um, it's definitely not going to sulk. Uh, it won't but, sulk. Uh, you know, should be cool. So you guys go check it out. <laughs> I think this uh, podcast is uh, starting to uh, super eight me. It's starting to fizzle. What do you think? Uh, I, maybe, maybe a bit. Uh, maybe a bit. <laughs> Um, but no, I am looking forward to those bands, and I and I think our viewers should tell us who they're looking forward to seeing or hearing about. Yeah, so if you have anything that you heard on today's show, please feel free to write in, or any of the previous shows, feel free to write, write in to uh, baldmove.com at the Amazingly Pulp Show. Uh, you can go to the forums. We also have, uh, you can go to the Amazingly Pulp Show on Facebook, or you can go to at the Amazingly PS on Twitter. Uh, please feel free to, to write in. Uh, we'll answer your questions. We we will read them on the air. We might not read everything. I might mess up. <laughs> Completely screw it over. We'll hire a reader. Yeah, we'll hire a reader. Uh, if you've got any reviews or anything you'd like us to review, uh, movie-wise, we'll do it. Uh, comic book-wise, we'll do it. TV, we'll do it. Uh, we're not scared. If you've got a birthday that we missed, feel free to write in. We'll do um, it. Here's looking to you. Uh, I'm out. <laughs>